0: We're in James uh, chapter one, uh, the ending verses. You know, last week I, or maybe two weeks ago, during Roy's class, he had my verses um, on his uh, on his presentation, verse twenty five, up to verse twenty five, and twenty six and twenty seven were missing. And for a couple weeks, I thought I had one verse. Like, oh. So I was sort of relaxing. <laughs> Not so easy. <laughs> Not so easy. Yes. So anyway, sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. But Twenty-five is the most important kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, there's two more verses in this chapter. Okay. <laughs> um, but however, the last two verses gets us into religion. So I don't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Kind of a dirty word here. Right? I know.
1: Right?
0: <laughs> so instead of reviewing uh what Roy did and what you did, Roger, last week okay. and what it has been doing, I'll do that next week because we have a review next week, don't we? Yes, we do. Okay, great. So I'll just dive into it this morning.
1: Okay.
0: And if we uh I'll let you out early to – Finish those donuts in the other room. Okay. Um, great. So, verse 25. But, but the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Uh, verse 26. If anyone thinks himself to be religious, there's that word, And does, yet does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives his own heart. This man's religion is worthless. 27. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and keep one self, keep oneself unstained by the world. Mm. And sort of the only Easy thing in there uh in those three verses is the last phrase which I don't really cover at the end, keep oneself unstained <laughs> by the world. Because that's a that's a fairly common uh um, admonition, right, from Paul. Right. And we all know what that means. So I'm not even gonna cover that this morning, but we have a lot to cover about bridling the tongue and being a forgetful hearer and being religious uh you know, all that, all those things. So we'll dive right into it. Here's verse 25. Uh, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. So this phrase, but one who looks intently, is the word, the phrase is uh, percupto, Parakupto, and it's different from Roger's mm-hmm. uh, kataneo, katana, kataneio, uh, K-A-T-A-N-O-E-O, uh, from verse twenty-three and twenty-four. And Roger, you said uh, last week that that's looking with careful attention, right, and careful consideration. So we have this man who looks, and it's a straw man; it's any man. It's not necessarily us. It's he's posing a straw man argument here for argument purposes, um, and he looks in the at the word with this, and he looks carefully at it. And he, as you said, Roger, he's not uh, penalized for doing so, Right. but he walks away and forgets who he was. Right.
1: Right.
0: Um, so that's the context of what we're looking at here. And Roger, you said. Um, that, that Captain uh Captain Na-o is okay. putting or fixing your mind on the word of God, which is a good right. thing. Right. Um, it's a good thing to do. Good thing to do. So he does that. You just gotta keep it with you and not
1: quite. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the,
0: distracted. <laughs> right, you're right. So this paracupto word is different. So this is an intense look and it what it is it means to stoop down and look at and actually bend your body sideways to at the waist to observe a thing and it has a lot more force than katana uh katana eo uh, um, and so Vincent says it's a more forceful word, uh, could not have been chosen by James to express the nature and ultimate object of the reflection and to enforce the necessity of really looking into the word of God here and it's the same word as when Peter arrived at the tomb uh, and Jesus has been resurrected from the dead and he stooped down, per cupido, and he looked in and he really studied the scene, but he didn't, it didn't, the light bulbs didn't go off yet. Right. Uh, but he really started, so what I think this word is like is like we've all seen TV uh, detective movies, Columbo, you know, uh, who arrives at a scene, someone's apartment where there's been a murder. Uh-huh. They really study things. They, they stoop down and they look under the bed or under the,
1: right.
0: the table and they, they, they might see something, a little, a little hair and they stoop down and they grab the <laughs> little thing. They're they bag right? they, yeah. bagging evidence and that's I think what this word means. Mm-hmm. So this is an intense look into right. the perfect law, law of liberty. Um, the interlinear has, the interlinear has right. the one who looks intently, and there's a double into. Interesting. There's into, into the law of liberty. And it's mm-hmm. not at, you see in uh, the New American Standard, it, yeah. it's at the perfect law. But the interlinear has look into the log. Yeah, yeah. So it's... And it's a double... Because the phrase, the one who looks intently,
1: mm-hmm.
0: has an into built into it. And then the interlinear also has ice, I think, right after... Which is into. So there's an into, into.
1: just um,
0: to, to stress the depth of the gazing is what I have here. So this... Um, Perfect law, the law of liberty, I think it's better perfected law. Mm-hmm. Brought, it's teleos, brought to its right. goal, it's finished, it's finished. Nothing is missing, nothing can be added <laughs> this law, this teleos nomos. Um, and the law of liberty, that's the perfect law. Um, right. The law of liberty is eleutheria, eleutheria. You see it there. It's the freedom from the yoke of bondage of the old law, freedom to cast off the sin nature, and to serve God in in positivity of spirit with our new nature, Mm -hmm. the law of liberty. And Paul and James is the only one who uses this this term, law of liberty. So let's look more at that, and I ask myself the question: What is this law of liberty that James only uses? So here are some thoughts, but the thoughts are really other verses of Scripture. Galatians 5:1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of a yoke of slavery. Um, so it, you know, a law of liberty involves freedom. Second uh, Corinthians 3:17. Now the Spirit. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit is, there is liberty. Um, Kelly has this about this law of liberty. It's freedom from the law of Moses. The law of Moses was in no way a law of liberty, but it was a law, of, but of bondage. It forbade and condemned the transgressions to which the flesh were prone. The curb it applied to man's will. Provoke the old man. I like that word curb. It's like a speed bump.
1: <laughs> right.
0: It, it provided a speed bump to the man's will, but it provoked the old man. And the offense consequently abounded instead of diminishing, and we know that from what mm-hmm. Paul says. Um, the law could, therefore, not but work out wrath as it was the strength of sin, as what Paul says, not holiness. So that's uh, the law of liberty's freedom from all that. Um, and then Paul's dissertation in Galatians 4, where he explains that uh, to the Galatians, you know, there's two women. There's right. a free woman, Sarah, born of the promise, and there's a bond woman, Hagar. And she was born a slave, uh, born out of the flesh. You know, uh, Hagar and... Um, Abraham, they did that on their own. That was apart from God. But right. Sarah was all a promise, all a miracle from God. Mm-hmm. And we are children of the free woman and not the bond woman. And that's the law of liberty right there. Um, mm-hmm. And Paul explains that in detail in Galatians four. Paul also says in uh, Romans eight two. Uh, this law of liberty is spirit-given, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So that's, I think, as, as best we can explain what the, this law of liberty is. But boiled down to it's a lot of commentary, it's just the Word of God, the plain Word of God, the, the, the Scripture. Right. So we'll also use that. Um so the one who abides by this perfect law, the law of liberty or the word of God and abides is not meno but parameno. Mm-hmm. aorist tense, active voice. And it's it's I was questioning why it's that's in the aorist tense and not the the you know, present tense. Um that's interesting. Um but it me- means to remain beside, to be Continu- continuously, always near the perfected law of liberty, um, and then James goes on to say in the, the chapter two, verse one, uh, it's faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. He he puts it right there in verse one of chapter two. Parameno is the word, therefore abides, um, and not the one who looks into the perfect law and abides by it or in it, not having become a forgetful hearer. And that phrase is, uh, you see it there, genomai, eplosmone, rotates, akaratas. There it is. It's hard to say, but that's our our word genomai, again, that you're covered. covered that last week Roger really well um it's the emphasis on the fact that one could come into the state of being of being a forgetful here and it's in the middle voice so you're actively involved in that and it involves you um from last week uh, Roger's lesson said it's it's an out of sight out of mind hearing um one who hears, but there's no impact, uh, the content, it, the hearing fades away. So we are not to be that right. that guy, <laughs> or not to become, right. not to become that guy, is is what we're uh, the scripture is saying here. Um, so it's not as one who hears with his ear. Um, here's another definition of this forgetful here. Um, he hears with his ear, but the content of what is heard passes into oblivion. Wow. Yeah. wow. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, and if you want an example of that, just it's it's me when when Jean says something, I hear it. <laughs> well, you're, you're not the only one. The content <laughs> passes into oblivion. <laughs> yeah, I heard what she said, but I it didn't. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know it her, you know. Well, Bonnie will say, Roger, I, I told you that." And I said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> just a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, because you hear and it just doesn't register. And whoa, boy! So that's exactly what a forgetful is husbands, wives really don't because do, wives listen to everything. <laughs> no, it's true. Because you could be, you could be talking with your wife, and you said this. Fifteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. They also don't forget. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> so, the, the forgetful here. That's, I mean, um, Should be male. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, is this gender, gender specific? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, <laughs> you know, I looked at that, and um, it might be it might be masculine. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there's some... There's some... Feminine gender in here, and there's some masculine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's quite that <laughs> right. But, um, the interlinear has here of forgetfulness," and the quality it, uh, they say is on the the quality of the hearing. Um, and um, I thought that well, this is not listening, is it? "Akuo" is the word for listening. Right, exactly. And hupo kuo is listening under, mm-hmm. and so this person, uh, this straw man here, yeah, mm-hmm. one is not listening. He, he's uh, j- he's hearing. Right. Um, so that's uh, it's kind of cool how scripture is very specific with right. words. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what struck me last week about he didn't use a kuo. He used this word.
0: Which is yeah. Right. right yeah. It's uh, you think he would he you think he would say that like become a listener you know yeah. or listen under but he, he doesn't oh. so yeah um so one who uh, not having become an um, a forgetful hearer, but having become I that Ginomai you know, probably refers to this phrase mm-hmm. uh, become an effectual doer too right right so an effectual doer is Aragon. Poetas, poetas. You see that word there, um, and it's one who works, gets things done, produces and performs a thing. But the word poetas is poetry. That's mm-hmm. and I, th- I, I saw that in, you know, the, um, uh, the online commentary, and I. I just threw that away because okay, so it's a word for poetry. So what? So I left it because <laughs> I just I I focused on the producing and getting things done, an effectual doer. Um, but then Merriman is cool. He brought out this word, uh, poetis for poetry. Um, he says James could have used another Greek word here. He could have used the word for practice. Um, but he doesn't, he used poetas. Um, and practice would be a good thing, practice, you know, the mm-hmm. word of God. Um, but he said poetas is yeah. not a rote practicing, it's a living production. Mm-hmm. So if you think about artistically, a movie director is a, is a, that uh, is a poem, uh, a poetas is what they do, an artist, a writer, a creative production, that's mm-hmm. sort of the force of this word. And it's very involved, um, but it's not, it's not rote. It's not doing things by rote. Um, Merriman has, keep on becoming a word worker or a word producer. And that's a word of God. A word of God worker, word of God producer. Um, so as you see that movie producer. Um, yeah, that's good. Or director. A director of a movie really pours his heart and soul into creating a movie, right? They, they know the backstory, they've scripted and all that stuff. So that's sort of that, that word, a factual doer is, is kind of cool. We are to be, and I'll get more on that, it's a really cool thing. So, but we'll look at it here in a one,
1: bit. Um, um, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah, one of the commentators of Freebird, he says this is a occupation.
0: Yeah, oh, that's good, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think of producing music, too, you know, yeah. a musician. You yeah, know, you, and the bond author. you can practice your scales all you want, um, but you're not really doing music when you practice uh, scale things. Well, yeah, um, when
1: you play the music, you're the one using it, right? But if you're the yeah. author of it, if it's your occupation...
0: Right, yeah.
1: Where so you personally
0: are involved. Right, and then I thought of what you said uh, two weeks ago, Roy. Um, you know, about the we are musicians in his orchestra, right? Right, exactly. Um, yeah. So this is this is musical, yeah. artistic. This is this is uh, cool stuff when you when you just sort of
1: in that context, the a choir. Every person is singing, right? But it's the group, yeah. and it's you
0: know it's a production of God, himself. Yeah, right. Especially if, yeah, if you put on the handle of Messiah and there's. No. there's oh, well, well about what, what about this thought that <clears throat> since God is living His life through us, that's a production, right? That's a. Exactly.
1: We're, we're living out right. His production yeah. in our life, His will in our lives. So that's that fits very well. Yeah.
0: And yeah. is singing along with Him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Um, so this, uh, the last part of this, this man, if he's an effectual doer, not a forgetful hear, this man will be blessed in what he does. Um, and blessed is Makarios. It's just happy. He'll be happy. Or spiritually prosperous is what Wiest would, word, would say. Um, so this doer of the work, who's continuing always near the, the word of God or the perfect law, the law of liberty, will be blessed, happy in what He does. Um, Vincent says there's a there's a connection between the doing of the word and the blessedness that comes from it uh, because of the preposition you see there in what in what He does. There's an inner connection, he says, which is which is really cool. Uh, Kelly says. Living faith produces living works. So that's, and that's that, wait that's what we're getting at, this living works. Um, the implanted word, and that's important from a couple of verses ago, verse 21, uh, the implanted word, the word that's been engrafted in this, uh is living and is in active operation day to day to those who believe. This is what Kelly is saying. Uh, hence, conscience is continually exercised, for we have another nature, not only human, but a uh, not only a human nature, but a fallen and nature who that's prone to evil. And I was thinking, but about this, I didn't go into. I kind of left this thought, but you, you know, Second Corinthians three eighteen, we're taught to behold. Christ uh, in in the mirror of the word of God. Um, but we can also look into the word of God and the perfect law, the law of liberty, and learn about who we are, right? We're not beholding who we are, but we learn that we have a, a, another nature, a fallen nature. Um, we learn about the two men, the Adam and Christ. We learn all these things. So we learn what kind of people we are. Which is kind of cool, and this is what James is getting at here. He's, he says, "Know this stuff and, and act on it." You know. Um, One
1: minute. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, Andrew, in the in the, your opening words here, mm-hmm. uh, 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 looking into is para. His yeah. And and over here, the other word is, um, abide, also has para in front of it. Oh, right, right. This is that, the whole thing is, the blessing is personal, isn't it? Yeah. But it's really because of where we are, where we're abiding, where we're
0: at home. Yeah, right. It's just, we're at home in Christ. Yeah, and, and James is saying all this in a different way than what we're used to, right? Uh, I'm very used to how Paul says it. It makes a lot of sense, but, but James
1: <laughs> yeah. brings
0: in the perfect law, the law of liberty and, and being a forgetful here and, and he's saying the same thing, but you have to unpack it a lot, which, but it, you're right. It's, it's abiding in Christ. It boils down to that. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what uh yeah Bob always says you know you got to if you're going to understand James you you got to understand Paul and then it makes a lot of sense right
1: right um, uh,
0: okay uh my dad several years ago had this fact that James is still addressing some temptations here even though he's left that subject um, on face value but there's a temptation to be a here only um,
1: yeah that's good
0: yeah so there's a temptation to be a here only or in a couple verses ago there was a um, you know don't be prone uh, be slow to anger that's a temptation right. be quick to anger That's another temptation. So there's still temptations at play here in uh, the end of this chapter one. Um, And I like that, that forgetful hearing or hearing, you're just auditing. uh, You can audit the Word of God. You can read it, but, you know, you're just auditing the class. You're not really uh, enrolled and tested on it, right, like a student in college. And so the, that student can, it's just auditing. He's just there, or he or she is just there to hear, and it doesn't really take away a lot from it. Um, so that's there's a temptation here. Um, the Word of God, rather than letting the Word's power produce Christ's will and work in us by beholding Him and being transformed. Um, there's a temptation not to do that. Um, for we are his workmanship Ephesians 2:10 created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them and th- this is kind of the sphere we're in isn't it this verse uh, in Ephesians 2:10 this is James' is, is is in that same place isn't he but he's saying it a lot differently than what pa- pa- Paul says it um verse 26 if anyone thinks himself to be religious yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart this man's religious is uh, religion is worthless and <laughs> so yeah we have the word uh, religion here that comes in play and it's it's the word that we know um and I didn't um I think it's thrust. Threskiaia or something like that. Um, I didn't look at the word too much in Greek, but we're going to look at this phrase, if any man thinks himself to be religious. And if any man, that's another uh, general, it's an in, in, interrogative yeah. part of speech. It's an indefinite pronoun. So there you have that. This is... Just a way for James to pose a question and uh, put up a straw man and, uh, and, um, to, to make a question. So it, it's, it doesn't even really involve us unless we're there. So it's, it's not so much personal to us, but he's, it's, it's a general phrase, you know, um, or you think of an interrogation, um, again, a detective and a criminal. When they get arrested, they put them into a little room and they get interrogated. So it's just asking a question here. Um, And the the man's thought is not of himself. Um, The man's thought is of himself, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. Uh, not as he appears to others. And when we get into James chapter 2, we're going to see how um, others think of uh, the one, but right now it's uh, the man's thought of himself, right? So, um, so that's how we unpack that phrase. If any man thinks himself to be religious, and Kelly says this word, I think it's Threskia uh, for religious. He says he insists that this is just service that is outwardly paid, um, and it he's. James isn't referring to piousness or godly, this religious service or ceremonial, uh, things like vestments, rites, performance, uh, formal gatherings, etc. Now you could, you could, you could take it that way because many people do. Vincent Macaulay in his commentary gives it that kind of defini- definition that we always think of it, but um But Kelly says it's just these. This is just a a work or an act, um, a godly work. So he limits it to that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Andrew, I have a note. I don't know where I got it from, but you know, tremble at
1: that word means to tremble at. I don't know how I got where I got that at, but
0: oh, really? Okay. I, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah, because we don't see it. Well, this is the... Actually, well, I didn't I look it up, so I'm not sure I can't... Uh... Yeah, so it can mean either two things, a ceremonial form or um, uh, an act, a, a one-off act, I think, is what Kelly uh-huh.
1: uh,
0: is thinking. And it makes sense because this bullet point I have here, the difference between whether it means ceremonial things or simply a service a thing done outwardly. Um, it seems to make sense that James, because in chapter 2, he goes on to um, talk about um, doing things or acts, religious things, like the man who uh, seats the rich man in the better place than the poor man and things like that. Um, it shows partiality. Um, uh, so there... It's kind of hard to say and I, I, I probably am not saying it without too much um, I'm probably stating it poorly, but I'm trying to get at that and I can't just say it uh, you know to give it the weight it should have, but it's an interesting thing to consider. So if this man if he thinks of himself personally of himself to be religious yet does not bridle his tongue, uh, he deceives his own heart. And bridal is um, uh, halenagago. Halenagago. It's really hard to say. And that ch is, has that, that uh, you know, that guttural kind of Yiddish thing in it. Uh, but there it is. There's the word for bridle. Uh,
1: it's, it's a verb.
0: And it's a, uh, you're doing it in the, Present tense, active voice. You're doing it, um, and it's used only by James here in uh, reference to the tongue. Um, and he also repeats it in James uh, three two, and he talks about bridling the body, which we'll get to in, in chapter three, in three two. So it means to hold and check, or to restrain, or to curb, and when you, we talk about it's, of course it's a horse bridle and it can mean to uh, be a bit leader, which kind of make, makes sense. You're leading the bit in a horse's mouth. So if this man thinks he's religious but has this, and I'm, um, you know, this, I'm not going to go into the, the doctrine of the, of the tongue here because it's a, it's a big study, but it happens in chapter 3, so I'll save that. Um, he talks about the tongue in verses 5, 6, and 8 of chapter 3, and we'll get more. I thought we'd save that for then, uh, cover that subject in detail. But, you know, the tongue, it's a very small part of the body. It's its its power. It can steer ships, James says. It sets force on fire. It's untamable. Um, but we'll look at that in later studies. Um, so I'll just, and I'll be, and we'll have fun with that then and not now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll skip over that for now. Um, so one doing religious works, yet having an unbridled wicked tongue is of course, uh, uh, deceiving his own heart or his own conscience, um. So back to the content. This man has the uh, implanted word engrafted in him, uh, which he should gaze intently into and see that he is a new man, a new man in Christ, enlivened by the Spirit, to produce uh, word, to produce word-produced works. Right. Um, that's what he should be doing. But if he's got this evil tongue. He's not reading at who he Roy would say he's not living in the reality of who he is, what the what the Word of God says he is. I like that how Roy puts that often. You know, he's not living in reality. And um, uh, the the context is back in verse
1: sixteen. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Mm-hmm.
0: Same words. Oh yes, so he's doubling back on that. Uh huh. Oh, that's yeah, that's really cool. Okay, um, and he 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 doubles back on that. Um, so I say, so if his tongue is unbridled, and he is only given a casual glance, a cursory glance to the Word of God, it hasn't been uh, the Word of God or the uh, implanted Word or the. Perfect law, the law of liberty, hasn't been the supply spring of his actions. Um, his his tongue is controlled by his old source and not his new divine. Uh, uh, can you see that last part? I I have something blocking it. Oh. Uh, divine. What does that say? Defined source. Defined source, okay, thank you. Uh, my little, oh, here it is. My tab is blocking it. Okay. <laughs> Something on my computer is coming up, a a little, uh, you know, one of those little, uh, menu bars. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Yes, and it's right in my way. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> who's in control? Right. The computer is in control. <laughs> it seems like um, so. <laughs> so um, a related passage to this doctrine again is is, is Ephesians two ten. Um, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand, so that we should walk in them. Um, and what is really cool here and this is maybe the best part of the lesson, is that workmanship word is poema. Yeah. I just, Poem. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, effectually the same root word as poetas that we have. Wow. Uh, we are God's creation. So, you know, when you think of workmanship, and I never thought of this before, but it's an expression of creation. It's a creative expression of beauty, and it's You know, God didn't just wrote production like we're not widgets, right? Uh, He didn't create us as widgets. We're um, works of art, maybe. Um, We're we're God's. Can we say we're God's poetry, perhaps? Um, Created in Christ Jesus for word-inspired good works.
1: (laughs) Um, Word-inspired good works.
0: Yeah, Um, I'm trying to get rid of this. (laughs) menu (laughs) hey Andrew yeah kind of relates to that verse we talked about 2nd Corinthians
1: 121 now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us
0: is God right God's workman work in us he does it all his work is pretty cool doing it all yeah yeah that's great let me move this up here Okay, this phrase, um, this man's religion is worthless. Um, worthless is uh, Matthias, devoid of truth, devoid of success, devoid of purpose. And uh, I'm just moving this again. Okay, pure and, uh, so here's verse 27. We'll kind of fly through this now. Um, in the sight of our God is, pure uh, is katharos, which means clean. It's the same word as uh, Christ used in uh, John 15.3. You are already clean by the word I've spoken to you. And there's, isn't that interesting? The word cleanses you. Um, the word spoken by Christ, the vine to his branches, in John 15.3 there. And then John 15.2, every branch that bears good fruit he prunes. Uh, and that word is cathiro uh, related to cleaning, katharos. Cath- um, every, and every branch that bears, good, bears fruit he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Um so that's uh, this word for peer and undefiled religion um and what how that works out is to visit orphans and widows in their distress um is how this uh, verse twenty seven ends um William Kelly said there's a lawyer of the law who once asked jesus, who is it? he asked him who is my neighbor but this lawyer didn't care if really to ever meet one of his neighbors. You know, he had no care to act. So he's a man who's a, who's a hearer of the law, but not a effectual doer.
1: Right.
0: He didn't want to go out and help orphans and widows in their distress. Um, and to visit orphans and widows in their distress um, is ipaskeptomai. You have it there. It's a middle voice. So it, it, you're intensely involved in the action. In the present tense, so you're into, uh, you're invested in the results of actually going out and looking after and providing care for widows and orphans in their dire straits or their pressures. That word for it distresses, filipsis.
1: Hey, us. Uh, Roger, um, Andrew, yeah, um, Joanne Shetler, when she translated the Bible and gave the uh, uh, the folks. Uh, in the Philippines, uh, this book, James, mm-hmm. <clears throat> to this verse where it is speaking about a man is pure by caring for widows in distress. Uh, one of the believers that read that, believed it, went over to the former witch doctor lady who had become a believer and in the process lost everything. And became destitute and was truly a widow picked her up carried her home made her his grandmother for the rest mm-hmm. of his life isn't that something just believe the word mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. isn't that something <coughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> andrew you got your mic uh, muted Thanks, Roy.
0: Okay. How's that? <laughs> that <is> much better. <laughs> I'm glad I have that little button up that's in my way. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. yeah. The last thing is, is yeah, the widows and the fatherless are at the complete mercy of uh, the hospitality of society. Right. There's no safety net in those days. Now... We kind of have a, a, you know, my mom's a widow and and she's doing well and yeah yeah so widows um, we have it kind of but back then boy they were just at the mercy of others so anyway that's yeah so I'll kind of wrap it up quickly. There's a I have some points here but I'll I'll skip those in the interest of time. Um, Some last thoughts. How about that and. Um, cause it's 9.49 by night. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: thanks Andrew.
0: Yeah. And then we can, uh, you can, uh, well now there's, the donuts are probably all taken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for that. So, uh, yeah. so, well, close in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for, uh, this wonderful study in your word and uh, we pray that it has a, uh, sinks down into our, our soul and, and, and produces uh, the desired result you would have us do, Lord. And we thank you for your word and the privilege to study it in this free country of ours. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.